I think when you live in the dominant population, which then has been receiving dominant privileges, there's almost an option to live without the treaty. However, acknowledging Te Tiriti or Waitangi acknowledges a responsibility and actually requires us to accept we're not meant to be dominant. We're meant to be in partnership. We're meant to be supporting one another. We're meant to be acknowledging a people group that were here before us. This is Down to Earth Conversations, where we hear from ordinary people who are helping to bring a bit of heaven down to earth. Kia ora, welcome to another episode of Down to Earth Conversations. I'm Andy Dixon and it's so good to have you listening in for another fantastic corridor today. If you're new to this podcast, the basic premise is that ordinary people can bring a bit of heaven down to earth by doing little things that make a positive difference in the world. And this might mean you become well known like my last guest, Shane Claiborne, uh, who is still actually one of the most simple living and most humble people I've ever met. Or it can mean no one outside of your little circle even knows who you are, and both are equally important. So this podcast is to inspire you and to help you think, what can I do with what I have in the spaces that I occupy to help to bring a bit of heaven down to earth? Today it's a pleasure to introduce you to Naomi Nicholas, uh, Naomi works for Karufa Trust, which translated means Four Eyes Trust, and she'll explain why uh, as we go through the conversation. But she's part of helping to facilitate learning and understanding about Te Tiriti o Waitangi, uh, also known as the Treaty of Waitangi, particularly amongst non-Māori, and also uh, helping facilitate learning about many other parts of the true history of New Zealand that many of us don't know. For those of you overseas and unfamiliar with it, Te Tiriti o Waitangi is the treaty that was signed between the indigenous people of Aotearoa New Zealand, the Māori, and the British Crown in 1840. It's also a treaty that was then repeatedly breached by the colonisers, resulting in much pain and loss for Māori. Yet, understood well, it's actually a great platform from which to work towards reconciliation and even justice. There are a few Māori terms on the episode today. Uh, I've tried to capture most of them in the show notes with some translations. Uh, so if you need to, have a look there. Naomi shares about what she does in her role, what she notices about the revelations that people have on their journeys, how non-Māori can appropriately learn the true history of this nation without simply consuming and taking all over again, and what hope she sees for the future of this country. This is episode 30 of Down to Earth Conversations. Here's Naomi Nicholas. I'm here today with Naomi Nicholas from Karifa Trust. Kia ora, Naomi. Kia ora, Andy. Great to be here with you. And uh, a lot of our listeners won't have heard of you, so do you want to just start by letting us know um, who you are, where you're from, Nohi no queer. Sure. Um, so I am from a little village in the Bay of Plenty um, beside the Awa of Kaituna, um, under the Maunga of um, Rangiuru. So it's a little village that's about half an hour from Mount Maunganui called Paingaroa. And I'm now um, living with my husband, Koro Nicholas, in Papamoa. Awesome. And you work for Karufa Trust. Tell us a little bit about what is Karufa Trust. Yeah, so a key piece of our work is connecting people into stories. 
and into places. So um, a big piece of my work is taking people that want to learn more, they want to know, okay, what are these these places that we live amongst, who are the, the people that we live amongst, and connecting that people group with storytellers, whether it be kaumātua, queer, historians, various storytellers um, across Aotearoa, and we bring those people together to learn yeah, learn about the history of Aotearoa, the good, the bad, the ugly, and all the things in between, and also to participate um, in various commemorations, which we we see as important historical um, yeah commemorations in this land. Yeah, cool. And it's been going since about 2005, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and how, how did it come about? It started with a small group of law students in Auckland. Um, they were studying Te Tiriti o Waitangi, learning about covenant, and they wanted to see what it actually looked like on the ground. So they'd seen Waitangi in the media, but they hadn't yet been there. So Sam Carpenter and a group of his friends, fellow students, young, um, mid-early 20-year-olds, went up to Waitangi to experience it firsthand and realised, actually, this is quite different than what is being portrayed in the media. And this is an important place um, for us as Pākehā, for us as lawyers, um, and we want to continue to bring other people up with us. So really small uh, uncomplex beginnings and from that it's continued to go with more people that have got friends that have gone that then want to go and have recognised actually that's a really important place for our historical identity as well as our personal identity here in Aotearoa. Yeah, it's interesting you say about the how Waitangi is portrayed compared to their experience of it. I, I remember mm-hmm. seeing uh, media reports of like all this turmoil and you know carnage that was happening up there and then seeing photos from friends on Facebook going here's us and a whole lot of our mates having a picnic next to those 10 guys who are having a problem you know and and actually there was just like hundreds of people having this awesome time and 10 people causing a fuss and Mm. that's what the media portrayed was that actually this Mm -hmm. was real confrontational and combative and stuff so um, Mm. yeah good to hear that that they went up and found a different experience from what they were were um, had seen in the media, mm. and uh, so how did you get into your role? So you're the the kaifakahide, um, which, as my my te reo tutor explained, is his way of explaining it was uh, the the doer of the making things go, <laughs> um, yeah. which is probably the the literal way of saying it. But essentially, you're yeah. the manager. Um, is that right? You you look yeah. after the place and yeah. We're a really small team, so um, a small team with a big kaupapa. So in this role, you end up doing oh, a whole bunch of things from, um, yeah, just the basic admin and logistics that's involved. However, the key area of my passion and, and I guess why I got hired is around the hiding up. So as a trust, we also um, conduct research. Um, and that's done by other other members of the team. So I'm I'm not the historian, but I'm the one that can help facilitate people engaging um, with these stories and just logistically yeah. um, getting to these other places and preparing them for this experience. It's not it's not just a history lesson. It's around I guess opening our hearts and our worldviews, opening ourselves up for hearing stories that might have been different from the ones that we thought we were mm. living in. Um, and, yeah, helping people really connect on all different levels to these stories. 
So I got involved, it would have been about eight years ago now, I went up to Waitangi as a participant, um, took a few young people with me, and I thought, this is something that I, I could be a part of. This is something I feel like I could commit to for the next few decades. And that's often my test for myself. I was like, is this something I could do for a long time? Mm. Can I see uh, vision? Can I see benefit? Um, yeah, so really, again, simple beginnings, went along and thought, actually, I could help other um, fellow treaty partners um, be a part of the story too. Mm. Um, you talk about other treaty partners. Are you Māori or Pākehā? Where do you fit in in, in that partnership? So my um, whānau whakapapa is Pākehā. Um, my mum is Canadian Lebanese and my dad is um, from European um, whakapapa. Yeah, so I'm a um, tangata tiriti. So not being non-Māori, that is my positioning with the treaty um, and feel really, um, I guess, privileged to be mm. in a country that has given us a place. With that comes huge responsibility that we're still learning how to actually enact day to day. But it speaks hugely to how I live on this land, how I see uh, tangata whenua, how, how I relate one to another. So the tiriti really, for me, gives a a Turanga Waiwai, a placement, um, yeah, within Aotearoa. So what motivated you as Pākehā to want to get involved in telling stories of Tetiriti, of our land? You know, what, what was it that captured you about that? I saw the change that it had on people. I love place-based education. I love learning on the ground. There is a place for history books and our shelves are full of them. There's a place for university, which as well, I did history at university. However, there's something really amazing that transcends when you actually have your feet on the whenua. And I wanted to help facilitate people having that experience as well. I'm fortunate that I'm in a whānau that um, participate in these things. However, I know that other people might not have whānau or peers that are going into these places and wanted to, I guess, share the opportunity I've very generously been given of going into these spaces, which is all because of, um, yeah, the grace of different hokainga, tangata whenua. So I've, I've seen, yeah, I've seen what can happen in those places and wanted to help others, yeah, engage with it as well. You talked about the, the research side of things, um, and I think that's, to me, that's a really important part of what you guys are doing. Because mm. so often, I've, I've worked in academia as well, and so often what happens in academia stays in academia, you know, and mm. people do this amazing research, and then the general public never reap the rewards of that or never see that, mm. um, or if they do, it's not relatable for them. So what I hear you saying is that you're almost a, a pathway in between to unite those two, to bring the people with the research to present it in a way that connects with people on the ground. Is that, is that sound like a good sum- summary of what you're doing? Absolutely. Absolutely. And one, one needs each other. Um, so there's some great resources up on the Karufa website and Samuel Carpenter is our, our key contributor and also uh, my father, Alistair Reese. And it's been amazing to see, for example, the PhD that my father did around Tauranga and Te Papa and the land block there and actually see 
some practical outworkings at the moment of what can happen because of that research. And we've been able to take people, um, you know, into that space, into Tauranga from an actual practical point of view and then say, hey, go and read this chapter, this chapter, and you can learn more about it. So, yeah, exactly. We're trying to bridge those those two aspects of learning together. And you say you go to different places around the um, country. Mm. What sort of what are some of those places that you'd regularly interact with? So the last few years we've gone to the Waikato. Uh, we went to Taranaki for Tukutaki o Te Riri, stayed at the amazing path of um, Parihaka. Um, we also last year went to Tairafati and stayed in Ruatoria. So everywhere we go, we're only going because we've already got relationships there. And out of those relationships, there are people that uh, are wanting wanting to host us, wanting to engage with our participants. Waitangi is the one that we do every year. And then each year it might be that there's something different because a, um, a friend or a peer has opened up a space for us. Um, but Waitangi will be our I'll always go to every February. Yeah. And so that looks like what, like if someone signs up to come with you guys to Waitangi, what does that look like Mm. for them? So it's a four-day hikoi, what we call it. And it's a mixture of visiting sites. So Rangihaua Bay, Marsden Cross is where we start. And we hear from um, a local komatua there tell us about his, the whenua, his whakapapa there, the stories there hear about Samuel Marsden um, and the famous Christmas Day uh, preaching of the gospel. Um, we also have a lot of um, time and space right at Te Marae, participating in the commemorations and also uh, when and if, if needed and wanted help out with Te Marae with some of the practical logistics because there's thousands and thousands of people um, that embark on Waitangi each commemorations and so it might be that we're picking up rubbish or just where, where it might be that we can help through participation. We'll hear from some of the descendants of Henry Williams, who is our namesake, um, nicknamed Karupa for um, wearing, wearing glasses, four eyes. So we hear from his descendants, learn about some of the, the history from the lens of that whanau. Um, we have a church service and then some different corridor debrief sessions to unpack what we're seeing, what we're experiencing. And for those that are game, we stay at the campground. So it's four nights um, with 100 other people camping alongside them, meeting people from all over Aotearoa that are equally interested um, in what does this mean for us, yeah, living right now in Aotearoa. I think that um, that whole service mindset that you go in with is a really important one. Um, in, in my conversations with Māori, you know, one of the things that they've found challenging is when Pākehā get excited about this new stuff they're discovering, mm. but it's all take, take, take. And mm. and they find that really hard. And so to hear you guys going, actually, we're, we're providing some education, but alongside that, we're giving opportunity for service. So it's not all about taking, you know, it's it's mm. about growth, but it's also about honour and care for our country our treaty partners um mm-hmm. yeah i just i guess i want to talk what what you guys are doing with that um because i think mm-hmm. that's really really good what what are the sort of people that come along to these like where do they come from are they all young people or is it a mix are, 
um, all Pākehā or, yeah, yeah, what does that look like? A mix in age, a mix in location. People from um, a bunch down from your way, from Ōtetahi came up. Some from, yeah, the rest of the South Island right up to Invercargill, Kirikiri, Papamoa, Tauranga Moana. So it's awesome to have such a mix from across the motu, across the nation. Again, mix of age. Um, We get a bunch of awesome, enthusiastic young 20-year-olds, which is super helpful when we're on bouncy castle duties. And then we get some beautiful fire, clear komatua that are joining us. And, um, yeah, wanting to learn something different from what they've previously been hearing, um, I guess, from the mainstream dialogue, Mm. mostly Pākehā. I think being a rōpū that names itself Karufa, uh, we are dis- we're looking at the descendants of Henry Williams as a missionary. Definitely, there's um, there's Maori with us. However, the yeah the the dominant group is Pākehā that are I think as well. Those are ones that have been living within another story. Um, yeah, again, generalising. Mm. Yeah, and I think what you said before about going in with an attitude of service, if that's appropriate, if that's wanted. Mm, is being careful not um, to wanting to be a consumer yet again because this can be another, a story can end up being a product for lack of Mm. better insight. Um, So trying to be really careful how we use this new knowledge, what's the process in obtaining this this new knowledge and how are we then contributing to um, the space that we've just been in. Yeah. Mm. You talk about the... um the stories that people have been living out of and um, I guess that's a way I like to talk about things too that that we've got this I guess this way that we understand the world to be and essentially it's like a story that's been told to us and then sometimes we find that not everything fits within that story what are the the sorts of things that people are the most surprised by or people say oh man I never knew that or you know those kind of things what what are the things Mm. that regularly come up for people when they're in your space I think the understanding or the new understanding that there is a place for us at Waitangi and I don't I don't say that as a an, an ownership sense but actually again being a treaty partner there's a there's a place for us there um the treaty was for us to understand our role and positioning there. And so, yes, we are welcome there because we're actually needed and required there. And from that, it really does help fuel the, um, I think, the, the view of how, how, we, how we live out the treaty. So the, I think that's been a big one, people mm. knowing oh, okay, Waitangi is for me. And it's like, absolutely, like it is It is for us and um, we need to have a much greater understanding of why it's for us and then if it's for us, what what do we do about it? But, yeah, knowing that there's actually um, almost a required place for us within Waitangi. Do, do you think that comes back to just really poor education about tutility or...? Is it a bigger bigger thing even than that? Both and, yeah, I think both and. I think when you live in the dominant population, which then has been receiving um, dominant privileges, there's almost an option to live without the treaty. 
because I can go about my day-to-day and get by quite fine. I wouldn't say at all spiritually or in all those things fine, but on a surface level, you can kind of get away with it. Um, so, and that's that's often a, a case in various dominant um, communities. However, by acknowledging Tatiriti or Waitangi is actually like, I guess I've been saying a few times, acknowledges a responsibility mm. and actually requires us to accept we're not meant to be dominant. We're meant to be in partnership. We're meant to be supporting one another. We're meant to be acknowledging a people group that were here before us. Um, yeah. What do you find most rewarding about what you do? I love, I love meeting, I love meeting people from across the country that are coming together for a shared desire of learning. Often in these times, there's, there's folk that are on pretty um, potentially lonely journeys. Um, that they've had a thought, they're trying to make a change, but seeing the vibe of a big group come together and they're, they're, encouraged, they're encouraged by seeing others also, um, yeah, wanting to make these shifts in self. On the back of all the stuff that you're doing, what hope do you see for Aotearoa? Oh, that's a big one, Andy. <laughs> that's a big one. I have a saying. I have a saying here. Um, so being recently married, we don't have children yet, but um, we, yeah, we have, we have hopes for children. One of my sayings is, how would that be for my daughter? Or did I see my daughter there? So if I, you know, I go to an event or if I go to this, that, the other, I look around and I was like, oh, do I see my daughter here? Or would my daughter be comfortable here? With my husband being Māori, um, that is that that will be her whakapapa. Mm. And so my hope as a as a, a positive being is that there will be more spaces that um, that my kōtero, my daughter, uh, will be comfortable in. More spaces that she will be invited to be in um, and be able to express all herself all aspects of herself and that she won't be in any space that um, whakaiti minimizes or discriminates against um, all that she beautifully, beautifully is. So my hope is always around looking at um, the future for the next generation. I'm realistic enough to know that it's not going to happen in my time, but have hope that it can be a different Aotearoa, um, one that does celebrate um, different cultures and does support and give to other cultures and allows those voices that haven't been dominant to come back and have their their rightful place. Oh, that's that's awesome. And I think, like you say, it's important to acknowledge, you know, you can have that hope without thinking it's going to happen tomorrow. Um, mm. But that doesn't mean it's not worth working towards. I, um, I... And... Like you say, there there are those coming after us that hopefully will reap the benefits of, mm. of the work that you guys are doing and, and others mm-hmm. around um, doing that sort of thing as well. With all the, the stories that you hear and the, the presentations that you hear, do you have any kind of favourites of things that um, maybe you didn't know and then suddenly you became aware of this, like something that happened in our past um, that is something that you find fascinating or encouraging or, yeah, any of those kind of stories that, that really resonate with you? 
This, it won't be a specific one, but a, a general a general one um, that we heard again up at Waitangi recently was hearing about some of those first interactions between Māori and Pākehā. For the most part, um, you know, it wasn't great. However, now and again you hear of some positive stories, and I don't say that to try to reclaim a better history. However, I say that in... The again, the renewed hope, like, oh, hey, they did it awesome. There's hope to do it awesome again. Yeah. Um. So hearing, I I love relationships. I love I love those narratives around different human interactions. Um. So hearing stories of those different um different relationships that have gone really well, um, I find really inspiring. And then another one, um, not a new one, but one that I could hear every month and continue to be inspired by um, is is Parihaka, hearing um, the leadership from there. And I think that continues to, well, it's an invitation um, for how we're outworking some of this and the grace and the love that they continue to operate is, yeah, a beautiful inspiration to, yeah, carry on, carry on our thoughts with. And for those who haven't heard the story of Parihaka, I'll put um, some links in the show notes to go and have a read about that um, so that you can find out about that because it is just a phenomenal story in our history that so many of us grew up without the chance to know. And so, yeah, it's it's great that it's starting to become more widely known. Yeah, awesome. What advice do you have for, like, if, if someone's listening to this and they're thinking, you know, I'm Pākehā, I haven't really engaged in this at all. You know, what advice do you have for someone in that sort of space? Something I said in our closing up at, up at Waitangi to Aoropu as we were closing up, so they're about to head back to their own homes, their kāinga, was I invited people to start to think about the area that they live in. So everywhere we, that we live, there is a hapu, there is a iwi, and there is a local story. So I think if we were to start anywhere from from me, that would be my little tip. Start to learn who it is that you're living amongst. Learn, um, you know, if you rent a house or you might have even bought a house, learn about the history, um, even if it's simply knowing the name of the hapu, the iwi, um, of the whenua that you're actually standing on every day and... From that, you then can look at, you know, which marae, which marae is there, what is happening at that local marae. But, yeah, I think that's a really simple simple way to start. If someone wanted to get involved in what you guys are doing to come to participate or even just to support what it is that you're doing, um, how would they go about that? So we're on your um, usual social media um, spaces, Instagram, Facebook, and our website, all under Karufa. Um, again, Karu I Far Four. Um, yeah, you can flick us a message through there or check out some of our photos to see past hiding, upcoming hiding, or hui. And then again, the website will link you into some different resources, some of the in depth thesis, uh, all also some shorter papers. Um, that will hopefully project you into some some new or yeah increased increased learning. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, really appreciate the cordial and appreciate hearing your heart um, for our country, for 
this beautiful partnership that has potential to continue to um, grow and flourish within Aotearoa. So um, thank you for what you do to help to bring a bit of heaven down to earth. Thanks, Andy. Great to be with you. And um, yeah, awesome, awesome for myself as well. Just even reflect again yeah, on these hopes, these dreams and um, what it might take to get there. Hi, so namahi noi ki to you also Naomi uh, you're an inspiration for us to continue to learn and knowledge and understanding of the history of the places that we live uh, whether that's here in New Zealand or somewhere else in the world and you remind us that these courageous conversations about race are ever so important as I mentioned in the show notes I've put a link to the story of Parihaka which actually includes the documentary The Children of Parihaka which is well worth a watch uh, while many in New Zealand don't know about Parihaka, it was actually one of the stories that inspired Mahatma Gandhi and also a number of other notable non-violence movements around the world. Uh, so it's, it is really important, particularly if you are a New Zealander, uh, to get to know this story, to be inspired by this story and to, um, to be able to share that story with others as well. As is my custom, uh, here is a blessing I offer to Naomi. Naomi, may you continue to experience the joy of gathering together with others to learn and to grow, and may those gatherings be a fruit in your own life and the lives of those around you. May you always know you have a place to stand here, and may you continue well in the work that that standing demands. May the relationships you already have grow and flourish as you humbly invite others into those relational spaces. And may others hear of the good work of Karufa and open more doors to you in the future. When you have a daughter or a son, may they know their standing in the world and may they see the difference that their mama has created in the world on their behalf. And may you be filled with joy with each moment that is a little easier for them because of the paths you have trodden. And finally, just like the namesake of your rōpū, Karufa, as you look through more than your own natural eyes, may you continue to find new clarity and new life in the world around you. As usual, thanks to Strawn for the music and Rangi for the ending karakia, which is the Lord's Prayer for those who don't know. And thank you all again for joining me. If you're enjoying what you hear, uh, please follow us on Facebook or Instagram and, and share the posts. Uh, and I would be absolutely thrilled if you wanted to rate and review the podcast on iTunes or Spotify. Uh, it makes it easier for others to find out about the podcast. And I would just love you to bits if you went and did that for me. Join me next time when I talk to Australian poet, writer, social justice advocate and inspiring human being, Joel McKero. We talk about changing faith. Uh, writing books, social justice, creativity, and much, much more. Another inspiring kōrero. Until then, me inoi tātou. E tō mātou matua i te rangi, kia tapu tō ingoa, kia tau mai tō rangatiratanga, kia mea te tau e pai ai ki runga ki te whenua, kia rite anō ki tō. 
Amen.